Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Marcus, and I support Gen X Grown Up through Patreon. You can, too, by visiting patreon.com slash genxgrownup. Gen X Grown Up is a YouTube channel website and audio podcast you're listening to right now. All made for and by people who love exploring media, games, tech, and toys of yesterday and today through the eyes of Gen Xers who refuse to grow up. Welcome back, Gen X Grown Up podcast listeners, to this episode 161, if you can believe it, of the Gen X Grown Up podcast. I don't believe it. <laughs> Mo can't. I'm John. Joining me, as always, of course, is George. Hey, man. Hey, how's it going, guys? Would be a show without Mo. How you doing, buddy? Doing good. How's everyone doing? Excellent. In this episode, we head to the theater to see the origin story for our favorite movie, Chocolatier. Evaluate a new solution to improve the quality of your 3D printing projects and tell you about a ton of free PC games you probably already own if only you knew where to look for them. If that's not intriguing and make you stick around, I don't know what will. So we're going to get to those topics and many more very shortly here in this episode. Before we get going, I'm going to start with what typically we do a fourth listener email here, but uh, we have a brand new iTunes review to read oh, you. Nice. So I thought yeah. I would share that. Oh, it's it's wow. a listener. They still make those things thoughts. around? I didn't think. Yeah. They did those it's, anymore. It takes an effort to do one of these reviews. On I just thought they stopped doing them. <laughs> no, just our listeners stopped doing them. They, they still do them. Uh. It's just we, we don't do any more. <laughs> They're few and far between. I think once you have a listener base, people who are going to review you have reviewed you, and the people that aren't, aren't. Uh, so when I see a new one, I'm like, hey, something new. So we did get a brand new one just as a week or so ago over on Apple Podcasts. The user was Rombific. His <laughs> username is okay. interesting. Uh, is a four star review, not five, nice. four, which I respect. Um, you know. The topic of his review is a pleasant surprise. Hmm. <laughs> Here's the part where George says, were they listening well, to our show? <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> Here's what Ron Biffick said in his review. If you're a geek who grew up in the late 70s to early 90s, this is probably going to become your favorite podcast if it isn't already. Wow, that's nice. Mm. Right now, I'm going back through all their old episodes and listening to the fun reminisces about rotary phones, first-gen consoles, Saturday morning cartoons, and all nice. the other things that are indelibly linked to the Gen X childhood experience. Apparently, Ron Biffick gets it. Okay. <laughs> so his last bit is his only criticism, which again, I respect here. He says, my one criticism is the frequent use of foul language. <clears throat> ah. Excuse me. Mm. <laughs> I thought George uh-huh. would have a reaction as the content would otherwise be quite family friendly. I just wish you no. two would control your language a little bit more. This guy is trying to <laughs> tell no, us, I mean, you know, and I'm, I don't understand why you two can't let go of the blue language so much it's terrible yeah, no, I, I agree with you rombific this is horrible you know, as somebody who's actually had to go through and like bleep out the bad words i think it definitely lends toward one person but i'm not gonna say who <laughs> do, it could be john guys, you know it could be i mean it, say who. i'm i wasn't saying that it was both of you 
equally. It definitely oh. could be John 90 and U10 for sure. Yeah, that's true. It could be. It totally could be. <laughs> it makes me remember. Do you guys recall when we, we repurposed an episode for the evergreen holiday feed? It yeah. was a Christmas episode. And so rather than oh, bleeping, yeah. I went through and I put in jingle bells whenever I was bleeping something. <laughs> so it just sounded festive. <laughs> <laughs> I know it sounded great, uh, actually. It was funny. It was kind of funny. It was kind of funny. Rob Biffick, fair point. We appreciate yes. you listening. Hey, that's just the way that we talk. I mean, we try not to go overboard, but we also don't censor ourselves. If if the uh, situation calls for profanity, we tend to use a little profanity here and there. Or so. when it doesn't call for profanity, we still tend to use Or if it's just profanity. fun. If it just sounds funny. <laughs> yeah. That's right. <laughs> to us. <laughs> we certainly appreciate you taking the time to leave a review, to share your feedback and your input. We love that you're finding old episodes to enjoy. And listener, if you have not yet left us a review wherever you listen, this is a call once again, following Rom Biffick's footsteps, even if it's just a four star or a four and a half or a four and three quarters, doesn't have to be five, whatever it is, <laughs> pop in wherever you listen. We'd appreciate it if you left us a rating and a review. It helps other people find us by making us more discoverable. So thank you, Rom Biffick. And I'll mention again, of course, we typically have fourth listener email here and I'll remind you, you can always hit us up at podcast at Gen X grownup.com to get your email featured here on the show. All right, gents, with that good business in the rearview mirror, we're going to jump into the body of episode 161 right up next. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Gen X Grown Up. But if you have a friend who's not yet listening, why not? Tell them about us. They'll thank you later. He's a good friend. Tonight is kind of special. Congratulations, you coached a pretty mean game. Well, I had a pretty good teacher. Did I teach you the part about the winning coach buying the loan, Brown? You got it. Give me ten minutes. I've got to go yell at my players. When you want the taste of a truly great beer, tonight... Let it be low and brow. So tell me, what'd you say to your teacher? Told him we were out cool. Let it be low and brow. As per the norm, let's get the ball rolling talking about media that we have been enjoying. Now, of course, this could be books or music or film or television or comics or whatever you have been enjoying. And uh, Mo, why don't we start with you? What have you been sure. checking out? Yeah, I just saw a movie that came out, I think, a week or so ago. Uh, it's called Poor Things. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't know if you guys heard of it. It's Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, Willem Dafoe. No, great yep. cast. Mm -hmm. uh, it was a really, really good movie. Let's just start, get that mm -hmm. right out of the way right now. Okay. I really enjoyed it. I had no expectations. I didn't know what to expect going into it. Uh, I knew mm -hmm. kind of like the general idea. Idea, which the whole basic plot is that Emma Stone plays like a I'll call her like a Frankenstein kind of creature that Willem Dafoe makes but it's not exactly that but he reanimates somebody let's just put mm -hmm, it that way mm -hmm. that was the impression I got fair yeah and it's about her she's like she's in almost like every scene of this movie I mean, she's like all over the place and basically she's kind of growing up through the whole thing and experiencing things but the thing is that she's an adult body doing adult things I would say <laughs> don't take your children to go see this <laughs> okay because okay. 
while they may enjoy parts of it, you will feel very uncomfortable sitting next to them during parts of these. Days. <laughs> is, is this a voice of experience talking? Oh, I've done not this movie, but I've done it before. It has oh, I've done it before. I see. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a weird, funny, fantastical movie that I just just really, really enjoyed. Is the one thing that you had the most problem with that you wouldn't want to watch in front of your children the cursing? Because we've no. already been admonished before we started this episode. <laughs> and I just want to make sure for all of our listeners. There's actually hardly any cursing in this entire okay, thing. Okay, so we can okay. recommend the film then. As long as there's well, no cursing. As long as you don't like <laughs> sex scenes, let's put that let's just put it out I, there. That we were not admonished for our sex scene content. That's true. This is true. Right. This is true. You know, nobody got in our case for having too many sex scenes here in the podcast. So that's not the problem. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> we I know the Saturday morning cartoons episode kind of strayed a little bit, but everything else has been fine. <laughs> oh, oh it's getting in my head. <laughs> oh my god, too many bad visuals there. But <laughs> that being said, everybody just did amazing performance. And the world is not like a normal, it's like a very fantastical world. Like they go to places in mm-hmm. Europe and it's like almost like a caricature of what Europe mm-hmm. is. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. You have things like you have dirigibles flying around and you know, all these kinds of weird stuff that you don't normally see. But Emma Stone just does a phenomenal job on this role. In the trailer, you mentioned it was like it's like a fantastical Europe mm-hmm. or wherever. It looked almost like like a graphic novel. Like it had yes. that exaggerated, like higher contrast, brighter colors kind of thing. That was the look of the film that got me most interested. Oh, um, yeah. and, I, and I'm curious if that does that get exhausting to live in that vibrant world or is that that just keeps keeps you in it? No, actually, that's only parts of the movie. Oh, really? It, oh, okay. Yeah, uh, it's it's. Movies in black and white and color. There are scenes that are only Ooh. in black and white. And then basically as she explores, those scenes are in color. Like as she's learning and things that she mm. goes out there. So and when she's back home, things are black and white. You know, it was just such a biz- weird, amazing movie. I said I had no idea what to expect, mm-hmm. but it was a two and a half hour movie, I think, something like that. Time mm-hmm. flew. It, it the time just flew by at the end of this thing. I would see this right. again. I've been waiting to see it. So that's that's good news for me. I'm happy to hear. Yeah. But now, John, you saw a movie that I had a lot of trepidation about, but Mm -hmm. then I've heard some really good things about it, too. So I'm really curious to what you think about this. Understandable. Yeah. Yeah. So I was looking forward last time to a new film coming to the theaters called Wonka. And Wonka is, as you might have, I don't know, what else could it be? Is there anything else in the world called Wonka? (laughs) It's effectively a, I didn't want to say it's a prequel. It is about Willy Wonka, the chocolate maker from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, right? So... And it's pretty, I would say it's more closely based on the Gene Wilder, Willy Wonka, if anything. And like you, I had a lot of trepidation when I heard it was being made. It's your boy, Timothy Chalamet, the guy from Dune, who I'd never mm-hmm. heard of until Dune, Dune honestly, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. I was just excited because, like, I love that world. I didn't quite care for the Johnny Depp interpretation, but I really like the, there's something about how Gene Wilder portrayed Willy Wonka, that oh, he's, yeah. he's a genius, but he's manic, but he's kind of perverse, but he's kind of thoughtful. It's like, he's such a complex character. And so going into this, I knew the idea for Wonka was Timothy Chalamet was going to play a young Willy Wonka just trying to get his chocolate shop up and running. He's just Mm -hmm. ventured out. I didn't know what to expect. It wasn't until about after I bought my tickets, actually, that I learned. Plus, it's a musical, which is okay for me, but I didn't know it was going to (laughs) be. It was fine. (laughs) And I'm not just talking Oompa Loompa songs. I'm like full on musicals. (laughs) Do they have Oompa Loompa songs? I mean, Absolutely, they do. Yes, they oh, do. Okay. <laughs> so I wouldn't call this film a prequel. I would call this an origin story. And in the way that I feel like prequels will often, like take any Star Trek or Star Wars prequel or Indiana Jones prequel or whatever. Mm-hmm. 
I feel like those tend to have a propensity to, we've got to lay all of the little Easter eggs for what's coming in the future. We've got to show where he met this person. We've got to show how he got his cane. We've got to show how he found his hat. We've got to show why he likes purple. I was worried that it was going to be a checklist of how do we get ourselves in place to have Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. First of all, it wasn't that. This movie stands on its own. It tells its own story. I was a little concerned when the very first scene was Timothy Chalamet on the crow's nest of a ship singing about his dream. And I'm like, oh no, what are we in for? And then (laughs) the music was wonderful. And it wasn't just like break away from the world. The music was living in the world. If there was a drum beat happening, it was probably somebody slamming a door closed or pulling a rope. It was almost like you're watching Stomp when the musicals were happening, you know? It was all this interwoven music that made the story, it just made it so endearing. And I came out of it going, that was one of the most charming movies I have seen in the theater probably, I don't know, in years. It was just really uplifting and fun. I don't even know what else to tell you about it other than to say, if you liked at all, and think about Willy Wonka as we see him in the future, Gene Wilder, he's a much softer version. He doesn't yet have all that cynicism maybe, although you can see where it's coming from. (laughs) Right. And he meets some people. He gets in some scrapes. There's a heist scene, actually, which is pretty cool. I didn't see coming. So Ocean's Eleven injected into there a little bit. (laughs) If you care at all, even if you don't care at all, maybe, about Willy Wonka, Charlie and Chocolate Factory, Wonka, on its own, is a phenomenal film. Like you with Poor Things, I would be eager to go see it again right now. So when you say it's an origin story, so does it seem like it's kind of leading more toward, you said, Gene Wilder's character? Then, Mm -hmm. Because honestly- I, I didn't care for the Johnny Depp one that much either, especially when they did okay. like yeah. when he went back and how he did this and how he did that. And I was kind of like, yeah, all right, whatever. You know, it just seems silly. You're quite honest. Yeah. Did they kind of not make this silly? I mean, that was my biggest worry that they just make this like a very silly thing. It's fun. It's like okay. a, it's like an Oliver Twist story, right? He's like street urchins and people are mm-hmm. destitute and they have no money. And his opening song is about how he has 12 crowns in his pocket, 12 coins. And you see him have to spend all 12 of them. And now he's totally broke. And that's how he starts <laughs> the movie and he works his way up. So it, it almost doesn't have to connect to either of the, the earlier films. That's why I don't think it's a prequel. It's just really... This character who we've seen interpreted a couple of different ways. Let's look at how he got to where he was before he had a chocolate factory. And it's really, really fun. So okay, I wholeheartedly recommend it. You should go see it. it let's just hate musicals. Otherwise, go see Wonka. Go see Wonka. Okay. Go see it twice. <laughs> I enough. loved it. <laughs> All right. So a couple of good films. Let's see if we can get a three for George. What have you been checking <laughs> out? Was it also something you'd watch again? Um, Yeah. Ooh, okay. For sure. All it's right. something I was looking forward to. It's season two of Reacher, which oh, is yeah. over on uh, Amazon Prime. Yeah, for yeah, those yeah. who uh, are unaware, uh, this uh, season takes place. I believe it's it's based on the eleventh book in the franchise, Something if like I remember that. correctly. Yeah. Um, and there's really only one returning character from the first TV series season, and that's Neely, one of the people from mm-hmm. his 110th Special Investigation Division. Oh, For those really? who are unaware, though, I'll give you a brief synopsis. So Reacher is a former military police and special investigator who has left the Army and has basically just been kind of wandering the United States on his own. This whole thing was done in a couple of Tom Cruise films, which a lot of people who were fans mm-hmm. of the character 
character in the books didn't like. I was fine with them. They're definitely a different Jack Reacher than the one we get in the Amazon Prime series with Alan Richen. Alan Richen definitely embodies what I've read in the books <laughs> so far. Uh, he yeah. is exactly as described in those books. He carries a gravitas to his role. He intimidates and scares people with just looks without even having to verbalize <laughs> very much. And it's kind of his whole character. He's like, he's the guy that even the biker gang would be afraid of in their own bar. He's that guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, in this particular season, I don't want to give too much away, but since it's an old book, you know, hopefully, you know, a little something about it if you're interested in it, if not, but essentially a couple of the 110th special investigators, his original core group that he put together when he first put the group together uh, have been murdered. And so it appears as though somebody is going after the 110th. So they're all banding together to solve this new mystery of who's coming after them and why. The first three episodes were dropped uh, like a week ago. As we record this, the fourth episode was dropped. Uh, by the time you guys get to listen to this, the fifth episode will be dropped. <laughs> and then there's only three more episodes. There's only eight total Ooh, in the yeah. season, just like oh, last no. year. I still feel like that's too short a season for how good <laughs> this series is, but yeah, it you. is season one was a very solid season. Uh, it obviously had me looking forward to this season. This is one that's so good. I feel like if they're only going to do eight episodes for a book, that's fine. There's plenty of books out there. I would love to see more than one season in a calendar year in mm -hmm. a 12 month yeah. period. I would love to see like, something come out in the fall and then something else come out in the spring. Maybe <laughs> I think it would be awesome. Yeah. Like you, George, I was really looking forward to a big fan of the first season watching say my biggest, I don't say issue, but I think it kind of bothered me the most was that they jumped from the first book right to the 11th. And cause I'm like, kinda. are they ever going to do the ones in between? Or are they not going to seem out of place? You know what I mean? So I'm like, kind of like, I feel like there's like 14 books or something like that. I forget how many Jack Reacher books are out there. Yeah. There's, but, there's quite a few. I mean, they, so they do give some references to those other stories. Matter of fact, I think it was in episode two of this season. Mm -hmm. There was a reference to what was the first Tom uh, Cruise movie, that storyline. Oh, mm -hmm. no. Okay. There was a reference to that where he talks about, oh yeah, you guys remember that sniper? Yeah. I just paid him a visit. Oh, no, I didn't even, didn't even make that oh, connection. So <laughs> interesting. They, <laughs> they don't do anything else with it. It's just that one little reference. So mm -hmm. yes, they jumped far mm -hmm. into the time frame. I don't know how you're right, Mo. They would go backwards in time now. I guess unless they, could, right? they I mean, unless they just said right this away took place before. Yeah. Right. You know, I guess yeah. I could do if that. they explicitly spelled it out. Yeah. Now, don't jump on me here. I have a question that's going to start by raising some hackles. I know. Okay. I didn't finish the first season of Reacher. I know. I know. Okay. Not because I didn't enjoy it. I really did like it. I just have that paralysis of so much to watch that I didn't get around to finishing it. Love it. I, get that. I actually want to go back to it. The question mm -hmm. I have is if you, because of the big time jump, I think I have an idea of the answer. If I didn't finish the first season, can I go ahead and start enjoying the second season? Or am I really robbing myself of a con continuity of a story by not finishing the first yet? So yes and no. Mm -hmm. okay. And yes again. <laughs> 
Um, Perfect. Yes, it moves it right up. <laughs> yes, you can. You can enjoy season two without having finished or even watched season one. Okay. No, you are not robbing yourself of continuity. However, I would say you're robbing yourself of character development mm-hmm. because of the way okay. that the actor and Neely, the one character that carries over from season one to season two, you get to see more of their relationship in season one. So it helps to inform their relationship in season two. Mm-hmm. And then I think, yes, again, you absolutely need to go back and watch season one, not because I'm giving you some stellar recommendation or anything, but it's just that it's a solid piece of fiction that is one of the rare instances where they stay very true to the source material. You don't see Mm, that as often where most of the time because of time restraints or maybe what's okay in popular culture at the time, because the book may have been written 30 years ago versus the language Mm -hmm. of today. So people might not like the way that some things were portrayed. You don't have any of those issues with season one of Reacher. Season one of Reacher holds true to the book. It's still acceptable in the way it's presented. And it's just simply a fun ride. And it's only eight episodes of 40 Mm -hmm. some odd Mm -hmm. minutes Mm -hmm. a piece. So it's not a huge commitment. Now that's my, my, my big problem is that, or not big problem, but my desire is that it was a longer commitment. I wish it was yeah. 16 episodes. Yeah. they. I felt like it needed at least 12 episodes. I would have preferred 16, but eight is what <laughs> we got, and that's what we're getting this time. So that's the only thing I would ask the people at Amazon Prime who get my $120 <laughs> every year. Take my 120 <laughs> give a hundred of it to reacher and give 20 of it to shipping that's <laughs> to shipping <laughs> that's all i yeah. care about well that, that's pretty much the answer i was expecting and it wasn't like i'm trying to get out of watching the first season i do want to go back and re-engage with it mm-hmm. i just wonder if i should do that first or if you should go into the second season from what you're saying i feel like i probably owe it to myself to go ahead and if i'm gonna watch it go ahead and just finish the first season so that's probably yeah, what it, i'll do it's cause... not gonna hurt you i don't know how far you got into the first season but even if you only watched episode one that's seven yeah. episodes and then you've got eight more and you know that's a total of 15 episodes to commit to that's not that difficult if you really want to watch it if you got a lot of other stuff to watch that you're more interested in maybe you don't like the police kind of procedural high drama kind of stuff then yeah, find some Wonka stuff to watch. But yeah. for now, <laughs> no, this is I do. Look, all I'm doing is rewatching Star Trek the Next Generation. I'm like, let me just watch Relics again for the twenty hundredth time. You know, <laughs> I just rewatched stuff I've already seen, it seems. Because I want to invest the mental energy to go and watch something, even though once I get into it, I know I'm gonna like it. It's just yeah. it's a character flaw that I have. So I'll try to get over that hump. So. All right. <laughs> Wait, actually three great pieces of content then we all found. So yeah. unanimously. Lucky us going into the end of the year. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Be sure to subscribe to or follow Gen X Grown Up wherever you listen. And while you're there, rate and review the show too. It helps more than you know. In June, we got a new sister. It's a girl. In July, we got our teeth looked at. In August, we're getting our eyes checked. So we're going to Pearl. Lately, my dad squints. I don't have any problems. Mom says that's the best time to go to Pearl. 
I like August. Lots of frogs around. August is Family Eye Care Month at Pearl. Come in and make a purchase and get your free Eye Care Club card. Good for future <laughs> savings. I'm going to kick us off with Tekken Toys with, actually, it's kind of, this won't cost you any money, which is the best part. Um, and it will help you, start. I think, with your 3D printing. Uh, I'm still doing a lot of 3D printing stuff. And there's like, like three or four, like, I guess, slicers. And for those who don't know, like, that's basically the thing that takes your 3D model and converts it to a format that your 3D printer can interpret and then build your models out of. Mm-hmm. There's a one out there now called Orca Slicer, and it is uh, basically it's community supported. It's getting tons of updates, and it's based on the same slicer that Prusa and a bunch of the other ones use. So it's that same base code that they're all using, except these other mm-hmm. manufacturers kind of did their own flavor of them, and they're kind of going down this separate path. Whereas these a bunch of people said, "Look, let's take the original stuff and just make that better, and also steal all the best features from all these other people and just put them into one program." Essentially, mm-hmm. it does things that it's just that just make it so much more convenient and easy especially if you're printing things that are like multiple parts you could set up like platters they're called so you can actually see like how five different parts which you're going to print separately you can see them on five different plates on your screen so and you can say okay print this one print that one so it's basically like one file or one project now instead of having to mm-hmm. pull together the five separate files individually and kind of slice them separately you know you set your settings once for all of them you could slice every single one and then just send each individual file out to be printed uh super super intuitive super easy to use it just works great and from what i've seen from people who did reviews and stuff they said that it actually makes a, a more efficient file for printing so it's less waste uh, they print mm-hmm. faster than they would if these other ones and generally people are saying that the prints are actually higher quality how long have you i assume you've been started using this one already oh yeah. you're talking about it. how long have you been using this one versus your previous one uh a few months now actually a couple months i've been using this one a few months okay yeah. uh, i asked that because i'm curious you, you kind of started to, to to get to this before i asked my question Question, but what have you noticed better about your printing experience? Is, I mean, uh, like you said, are things better? Is it faster? Is it easier or stronger? What about Orca Slicer makes it something that you feel superior to previous ones? One, it's just a cleaner. It, the interface itself is a lot cleaner. Okay. So it's easier to kind of navigate, in my opinion, uh, as far as finding like the settings you need to, to find things you need to change. It mm-hmm. does things like it gives you just tons of like helpful warnings. Like you'll print something and it'll sit there and just tell you like, hey, you know, this thing may have some adhesion problems to your, you know, when you print this do you want to Mm -hmm. get and put a a raft around it or these things may need additional support do you want to do it and it'll actually like put warnings and like and if you click the warnings it'll actually take you to the settings to actually put that in place too which is nice like it's not like it sort of gives you this general warning you got to figure out what it means and to me the best thing though is just the separate plates that you can have at one project and just go back and forth between them again it's like if it's a project that's five parts you can have all five parts on your screen at Mm -hmm. one time Mm -hmm. and to me just that one feature by itself to me just makes it just really really helpful yeah so i was taking a look at this mo based on the link that you gave us which i'm sure you'll put in the show notes so it looks like it's based off of uh, like it's the fourth gen in a family tree, if you want to yeah, look at it that yeah. way. So the original base layer is Slicer, which mm-hmm. is Slicer with a three, by the way, for the E. Right. <laughs> uh, and then that had what was built on top of that was Prusa Slicer. And then Bamboo Labs took that There's- most recently and built their platform. This is now based off of Bamboo Labs. Now, Bamboo Labs is the one, John, who started the super fast trend, the stuff that just prints. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. yeah, a billion miles an hour on oh, the yeah, printer. Crazy. That's that same company. <laughs> so this is like fourth down the line. It's got a lot of generations in between, 
it's curious that you said that people are saying it provides a file that has less waste. I don't know if you mean programmatically or if you mean print wise less waste, but to be the fourth generation and to provide less waste with all those other coding programs underneath it seems counterintuitive. Yeah, maybe. Well, I say the prints are hmm. faster. I'll say that much. Okay, well, that makes sense because it's off of bamboo. Right. Uh, so like when you print things from this, you know, like which I, I even did like the same things in Prusa and then did it in Orca just to see the differences. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. the Prusa file gave me like something you'll print in three and a half hours. This will print in mm-hmm. like two hours and 45 minutes. Wow. That makes sense. And things yeah. like that. So I say less waste, I guess the time is the big thing. Also does organic supports, which are awesome. Uh, those things are like my favorite thing. What, uh, uh, question? Yes, yes. What's an organic support? <laughs> That's fascinating. What is that? Think of a, you know, you have the old support. It just builds like these masses underneath the overhangs. Mm-hmm. When you print like basically things. a straight wall up until it gets yep. to the overhang. Yeah. Those are gone. Now it prints, think of it as a tree branch. So you have the, uh, it starts with a round thing at the bottom and it just creates branches. And then the branches go out and touch the awnings to basically the overhangs to keep it so you can print it. Really? Yeah, it does. And wow. let me tell you, those things, they're really super now. easy to remove. <laughs> I was going to say, now let's not get too excited. That's been around since we both got, when we all three got the printers that we have. Yeah. That's been around since then. None of my slicers ever did it apparently. So that's fascinating news it's to me. It's in Cura Slicer. You just might not have turned it on. Oh, yeah. maybe so. Oh, okay. Well, even a lot of like uh, Prusa and a couple others just recently even added that to their slicer, like maybe a Prusa year ago. Prusa did, yeah. yeah. Prusa mm-hmm. just you know, added it a year and a half ago. Because there's some issues with it, like, you know, because it has to do a lot more calculations and kind of, you know. I get that. Yeah. Figure out. And you can say like okay you know do it just from the plate itself or you can even have it create branches mm-hmm. on your model if you need to right and let me say they come they pop like right out i mean i think that's like my mm-hmm. favorite new feature i think i've seen on anything so far that sounds cool huh Neat. a lot of the newer ones will definitely have this in place so i think it's definitely it's free let's sort of start with that All right there you go. worth taking a look just for that reason yeah, and certain printers not mine but i know some of the other printers it also has you could remote connect to them if they support that kind of thing that's built into it also for all the major ones as far as I could tell. Uh, so you could print right from there, which is kind of cool. Like I said, mine yeah. doesn't do that, but I'm sure if you have it, that would Yours be Yours will super- do it with Octoprint. Will through Orca? Yep, Orca connects to Octoprint. I was just reading about it. Well, crap. Okay, then. I'm going I'm to play <laughs> with that right go. after this call, then. Look at the productivity of this podcast. Yeah, it actually calls it out on their page. When I first got it, actually, it didn't. So that must be something they added, well, in the last few months then. So, but still, though, that's awesome. Well, shoot, nice. I'm jumping on that sucker. Even better. Yeah, it's called the Okta Everywhere plugin. I, oh. I know what I'm doing when we're done. All right, so, <laughs> again, it's free. I'll throw a link in there. Go try it out. It's old. So, I'm the rambling from me. So, John. <laughs> what do you got for us yeah. today? Uh, I have a new, uh, it, it is a new tech and toy. Uh, so it's a doubly fits into the category very, nice. very well. And and I'm um, back from last time we spoke. It is not a candidate for the most boring tech toy ever. So it's actually a really cool tech toy. <laughs> so this is, uh, this is a gadget. This is a handheld gaming gadget called the Blaze Taito Super Pocket. So let me go through those, those words real quick. Blaze is a company that I think we've all heard of. They do a line yeah. of handheld devices, most notably, and recently, they are the people that make the Evercade handheld and console that takes cartridges that have collections of mm. games. Uh, you know, they'll have a collection of Namco games, a collection of Atari games on a cartridge. Uh, they recently did, George, a collection of Commodore 64 games you could put uh, in your Evercade to play. They've done right. a lot of stuff like that. So they recently came out with this handheld called the Super Pocket, and then there's the Taito brand of it. So they did two versions. They did a Taito and a Capcom version of this Super Pocket. Oh, okay. Now, it's of no use to those listening on the audio podcast, but I'll show it to you. You can see it's about (laughs) the size of an old school Game Boy. 
in your hand. What is it? Five or six inches tall and three or four inches wide. Okay. Uh, and it looks like a Game Boy in a lot of ways. It has a little uh, color screen on it. This particular one, the Taito Super Pocket, the cool thing is in this handheld, you have, I want to say it's it's under 20, but it's like 17 or 18 Taito property games, arcade games, not like some port we had somewhere. Oh, really? Space Invaders. Operation Wolf, Rastan, Ooh. Elevator Action, mm. uh, Don Poco Don or Don Don Poco, whatever it's called. Uh, some of the Japanese Taito games. I mean, are these the real ROMs? Using These are the original arcade games in this thing. So it's this little handheld guy that costs 60 bucks and it comes like with 18 arcade games in it. Not only are they in there, it has... Look, we've looked at a lot of handheld and tabletop toys <laughs> on our YouTube channel recently I, I, and in the far past. I mean, for years we've looked at these. And off of the thing, you're like, oh, it's not the real arcade game, but it's getting pretty close. Well, these guys just bypassed the pretty close and they just said, hey, we're just going to take the original arcade games and build a device that can play them. It has a rechargeable lithium ion battery. Not only does it have four face buttons, but it has shoulder buttons on the back, a R1 and a R2, L1, L2 for more complex oh. games you might play. But none of those buttons are needed for this yeah, device. So why yeah. are they there? Because this also accepts those cartridges that you could put in the Evercade. So it's oh. effectively the console. But if you just buy it, it's not a blank console. It has a dozen plus built-in games. Plus you can expand it to add. So I put instantly put my Atari Lynx cartridge in it so I could play old Atari Lynx games because I'm right. aching for a handheld that plays those. So now I have this guy. Expandable, has a battery, and it even has save states and scan lines and stuff oh, like nice. that. So you have the full experience. If you want to have it look like it used to look on an old monitor, you can see that. If you want to have it, you don't want to stop midway through. Like I found myself playing my favorite Lynx game, Todd's Adventures in Slime World. Not even included on the thing. I put a cartridge in, but I can save slots. So I used to just play that for a moment because I couldn't, you know, I play a little bit. That's fun, but it's a big adventure game. Now I'm saving it and going back to it. This little guy for $60 is an amazing little handheld that ought to make other manufacturers sit up and take notice and go, whoa, whoa, how come we're not doing this? <laughs> hmm, interesting. So how does it feel? Does it feel like solid? Does it feel well built? Does it feel cheap? You know, you know what I'm talking about? Like, you know, I do. These you I do. Yeah. That premium feel mm -hmm. like when, when you squeeze it, it doesn't squeak. It's not rickety. It's not. Okay, yeah. Like Flimsy it feels, feeling. I would say, think about a current modern day premium phone, iPhone or Samsung. Mm -hmm. I would put it at about three quarters of the way to that. Like it's not oh, all okay. glass and steel, it's plastic. It's pretty good. But it's heavy. Yeah, it, it's it, the speaker sounds good at, at all volumes. The battery lasts forever. And as much as I look at little handheld and tabletop toys, because, you know, I think of the cobbler whose shoes are terrible because he's so busy fixing other people's shoes. I'm like that with gaming stuff because I'm always off to the next next thing. And I don't get to spend a lot of time with the last thing because I'm off to review the next thing and I have to spend time with that. Mm -hmm. For the first time in a while, I will say that I keep coming back to this. I'll come in my studio getting ready for a shoot and go, well, let's just play another five minutes of this game because I can save it wherever I want and continue with it. Man, if you're going on a plane, if you're going on a trip, if you're going to be in a long car ride, this is a great little thing to throw when you're in your hip pocket or your backpack or your purse or whatever to have to play. Look, 
elevator action alone would have, I almost would have paid 60 bucks for to have that easily in my pocket. (laughs) It's that plus everything else, plus the expandability, plus the cartridges, man, I did a review of this thing over on YouTube. So uh, of course, Mo, I'm going to give you a link both to the link at Amazon if you want to go and look at this thing, but take a deeper look on my, uh, my video review, if you like the Taito Super Pocket uh, from Blaze Electronics. And I was kind of not paying much attention to what Blaze was doing. That changes as of now. I'm now paying much closer attention to what they're doing because this is an impressive device beyond a lot of the stuff I've looked at recently in terms of authenticity and a premium feel, like you said. Mm-hmm. So uh, definitely take a look and see if it's something you might be interested in because I am definitely smitten with it. It's a cool little gadget. Nice. Mm-hmm. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Each episode of Gen X Grown Up has show notes loaded with links where you can learn more about our topics. And there's even more to see and hear over at GenXGrownUp.com. Maybe your mother never told you. There's more to being a woman than minding your manners. I'm Jacqueline Smith, and being a woman means sometimes taking the first step first. There's a new fragrance that understands, a pre. A pre is a little unsettling, a little disturbing. A pre is the most provocative fragrance. If mama never told you, I'll tell you. Part of the art of being a woman is knowing when not to be too much of a lady. A pre by Max Factor. This is the main event of the podcast for the three in attendance locally and the millions listening around the world. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time! Time to talk about games, and before we get into actual games, I wanted to spend a little bit of time talking about Mm -hmm. a gaming platform. Now... Of late in some of our podcasts, I have mentioned this, how there's all these different ways that you can play games, whether it be on your Xbox or your PlayStation or your Taito handheld device. (laughs) But for those of us who like to game on the PC, there's an even wider variety of ways to play. There's Steam and there's Epic and there's EA and there's a billion others. Grand Old Games is still around as GOG. Mm -hmm. I don't think they use their full name anymore. It's kind of like they went the Prince route and just put a symbol up or some shit. Or like KFC. It doesn't mean Kentucky Fried Chicken anymore. It's just what it is. KFC. Um, The one that has caught my eye a little bit recently, and we were talking about it on our podcast Edit Tuesday, where John edits our podcast live every Tuesday morning from Mm -hmm. 10 a.m. Eastern time till noon or so. Uh, Mm -hmm. There is a website that's already built into a service you may be paying for today. If you are an Amazon Prime member, believe it Mm -hmm. or not, there is a service on Amazon Prime called Amazon Prime Gaming. Mo, I'll give you the link so you can put it in the show notes. Okay. This is exactly what it sounds like. Because you're subscribed to Amazon Prime, you are automatically subscribed to Amazon Prime Gaming. And believe it or not, just like Epic Store does once a week, Amazon Prime Gaming gives away free games all the time. Mm. Unlike the Epic Game Store, 
where the game or two that were free last week and then expire on the next week, Amazon Prime just leaves them up there for you to go claim whenever you damn well feel like it. If that game was offered at any time during your Prime gaming subscription, as long as it's still on their service, you just go in there and click the claim button and boom, it's in your Amazon (laughs) gaming app. Now, just like with Epic or just like with ea or steam you do need to download the amazon game app to your pc Mm. so that you can launch and play and install the game but there's a couple of other neat little features that prime gaming does that some of the others don't and i think it's because they're amazon and they don't give a shit (laughs) so (laughs) like what (laughs) they gave me free games that were installed and connected and used on my Epic game store. Mm -hmm. Like they activated inside of Epic or? Activated inside of Epic. So instead of it being in the Amazon one, it's in the Mm -hmm. Epic game store, even though it came as a free game from Amazon Prime Gaming. They give you a claim code. They teach you in the little instructions. Here's what you need to do if you've got this. They Mm -hmm. have Steam ones. They have all these different things. They also have what my sons love it for the most, tons of assets for your game. So if you're a big Rocket League guy or Mm -hmm. Cyber 2077, what was that? Cyberpunk 2077. Mm -hmm. You want this new gun. They give you this stuff for free and then you get a claim code and you just go add it wherever it is that you have the game already so you get free assets you get free games and all you have to do is go to the link that mo will provide you log into your amazon account and start clicking the claim buttons that's it you don't have to do anything else (laughs) like we're in a steam winter sale right now this is like the biggest Mm -hmm. winter sale ever it's just a bunch of games that were free that i just i didn't go and put my hand up and say yes please is all i haven't done yet yeah that's (laughs) exactly right like for huh. instance, John, some of the recharge stuff from Atari, like yeah. a ton of them are free in Amazon Prime Gaming. A ton really? of them. Yeah. Black Widow was there. Centipede was there. I, I can't even remember all of them. I think just in clicking the buttons, when I go to watch your podcast edit every Tuesday, when you're on Twitch, by the way, there's a little crown icon up in the top right corner of your browser. Click mm-hmm. that crown icon. That takes you to Prime Gaming and you can go from our podcast. That's edit. how you discovered all this stuff, isn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Neat. You go from our podcast edit and start claiming games while you're listening to John edit this podcast. Yeah. Well, probably as people are listening to this edit, they're going to be doing that. So yeah. <laughs> they literally just gave people instructions in the future. They'll be there. That's, I got to go check. I had no idea. I didn't know they were giving I, away I, stuff. I didn't know yeah. they did that. I mean, I built up almost 110 games just in the last few weeks. 110 games? Holy yep. cow. Yep. Okay. Wow. Oh, just installing okay. another app. Now I know what I'm doing yeah, after And that's show. just the ones in the Amazon <laughs> app. Uh, the ones that's given me an Epic, I, I forgot to count those, so it might be more. Oh, yeah. Damn. That's cool. Yeah. Anyway, if you want some free games for Christmas or your kids are whining about they want some stuff, go to Amazon. If you have a Prime account, you've mm-hmm. got some free stuff to give away. So there you go. John, <laughs> I'm assuming since you're just learning about this, the game you're going to tell us about is not in Amazon Prime Gaming. So which game have you been playing? <laughs> I hope it's not. <laughs> not as far as I know. Maybe it is, and I wasted my money. I'm not sure. We'll find out later. It might be now. Uh, So I was just in one of those modes. uh, I knew the Steam sale was coming up shortly. And so I was in the mindset of like, oh, go look and see what's out there to load up my wish list, right? Of like, you know, in case they go on sale. 
And look, Steam, they've got my number. They know what kinds of games I like, what kinds of games I play. So they have that recommendations mm-hmm. for you wheel that comes up. And uh, what caught my attention was this game that is pixel art styled. It's an adventure game. It's an open world-ish sort of thing. And it has a deep story and it's overwhelmingly positively rated. And so all of that stacked up to go, all right, eh, maybe let me go watch the reviews. The game is called Dave the Diver. <laughs> Dave the Diver is a rotund little neck beardy guy who happens to <laughs> meet up with some people that want to start a business. He's a scuba diver that dives looking for, you know, treasure and stuff from wrecks or whatever, I guess is his, his career path he's had. But he also, um, he really loves a sushi restaurants. And so he gets across this uh, opportunity where a friend calls him and says, hey, we have a new sushi restaurant on the edge of this lake called the Blue Hole. The fascinating thing about the Blue Hole is every time you dive it, it's different down there. Okay, now you have different mm. levels you can go through every time you go down. And when you go down, what you're going to do is dive in the Blue Hole, use your little harpoon to catch fish, and then come up and run the sushi bar and you kind of do a little (laughs) mini game at the sushi bar. You know, people want to serve things. You go get it and drop it off to them. That on its own would not be enough to drive a game for me. Go get fish and run the sushi bar. (laughs) Instead, there's this overarching story. People keep showing up right before you dive going, hey, I understand you're diving the blue hole. While you're down there, could you look out for this artifact that we heard about? What is it? Oh, it's an artifact from the mer people. The what now? (laughs) There's a whole civilization of mer people or something. Yeah. And there's a giant squid that's after you. And there's artifacts that you have to pick up. And there's treasure that you can collect and make money to improve your sushi restaurant. And all the little characters you meet, they tell you, hey, well, to if you'd like to have your harpoon upgraded, just go download my app. So you hit the start button on your controller and it pops up your phone. You literally go download an app on your little virtual phone, click into that. So everything happens not in the HUD, but on your little virtual cell phone in the game. And so you as Dave the Diver have this ongoing adventure that is dive the blue hole, accomplish some tasks for some people that have asked you to do it, upgrade your stuff, run the sushi restaurant. The chef there has a story that's progressing. There's a food critic that has a story that's progressing. There's some animal rights activist people that show up and don't like you diving down there because it's not right. Everybody gives you side quests and mini quests and stuff, and you can do it all at your leisure. On top of that, the thing that made finally sold me as I read what a reviewer said was, it's not one of these games like a Grand Theft Auto kind of, you just got to pour hours and hours into it. If you just want to go take a dive, it's like 10 minutes and you can stop there. Or you can, after the dive, go run the sushi restaurant that night and stop there. He said, invariably, what he found himself doing was just going, because you want to get back and get more and more dives and find more and more cool stuff and progress the story. What I didn't expect out of this was that element, their story that is, I have not seen all of it, but apparently it's like heart-wrenching story that you wouldn't expect out of a little pixel game like this. That's what I'm most looking forward to. But the gameplay alone, tip top. I mentioned, George, we're currently in a uh, winter sale. As you listen to this, if you listen new, it's running through early January. So it's still going on if you listen to this show. And Dave the Diver is on sale. I think it's only like $12 or $13. Normally, maybe $20 or $25. It is on sale. And what I've played of it, probably, I did a quick Twitch live stream the first day I got it just to kind of get a feel of what it's like. I put it probably dumped three or four hours into it so far, and I barely scratched the surface. So I know it's going to be worth the money. And yes, it's charming. It's interesting. And the mechanics in the game are, they're mini game driven. You know, like you have to learn how to pour sake at the the restaurant and pour it just right. And the more accurate you are to the top of the glass, like there's a million little mini games, how to shoot your harpoon, how to get air, all those cool things. So 
Uh, if you're, you're looking for something cool in the the Steam winter sale, or hell, I don't know, maybe it, Amazon is, f- is free out to go look. <laughs> maybe Dave, it's free on Amazon. <laughs> maybe Dave the Diver, really cute. It's only been out a nice. few months, I think. It was brand new to me. Definitely worth at least taking a look at. So, how All about right. you, Mo? What have you been playing? So, uh, my girlfriend's a big Reddit person, and you know how things trend mm. on Reddit and stuff. Mm-hmm. So she's like, "Hey, have you played this game?" Or she read it in New York Times, something that everyone's talking about, Cocoon. Never heard of it. And as I was reading about it, I was trying to figure out why I never heard of this game because it doesn't make any sense. I would not have heard of it because it's from the same guy who made Limbo and Inside. Oh, which, damn. Mm. Yeah. So like you're talking like some pedigree mm-hmm. game designer here. And it's a similar style game to those. But the twist is it's all, you know, a world, a very beautifully rendered world that you kind of move around in. And there's puzzles. You got to figure out the puzzles. But you carry essentially different worlds in these bubbles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and part of solving the puzzles is going into these worlds and doing something there and coming back out. And sometimes you have to carry a bubble world into, into that bubble world to do something in there. It gets very meta that way. Um, <laughs> also, as you go through each level, each one of those bubble orbs that you carry with you gets like an ability of some sort, like it could destroy walls. Blah, blah, blah. So you go back mm-hmm. to old areas. Now you could do things you couldn't do before. Mm-hmm. I just been playing this. I just had a blast. And I was thinking, I said, Oh, I guess I said, John, George, these, these, this, is, this seems like the type of game you guys would like. So, you know, I mm-hmm. got you guys copies for Christmas. So <laughs> I don't you. had a chance to Thank play you. them yet, but I figured I wouldn't be the only one talking about it. So that was my hope also. <laughs> so... <laughs> So did you guys get a chance to play with it at all or just tool around with it? I did get a chance to play a little bit of it um, uh, this afternoon. I played before we started recording this because I, I was eager to take a look at it. And and my first impressions were visually de- very different from Limbo and Braid yeah. or Limbo and uh, Inside rather that, uh, uh, that it's based on. Not as dark. But yeah, not as dark, but the same kind of you are given no information. Just we've dropped you in the world figure out what's happening. What does this thing do? Is that dangerous? Well, when you die, you'll know. You'll find (laughs) out as you progress through the game. And the first time that I went zipping out of the world I was in, I'm like, whoa, what just happened? And, and yeah. I had the thing you were talking about where you're carrying the world around. And the puzzles are very satisfying. It has those things yes. that are not super complex, but they're complex the ones enough, that right? make you feel like a genius when you figure it out. You're like, aha, I figured it out without looking it up online. I had to do that and run over and do this at the same time and flip the switch at the same time. You know, and some of them are time-based. Some of them are just puzzle-based. They're, uh, but I can see how it's the kind of thing that, yeah, all three of us, you obviously already love it. Um, uh, George, when you get free time, I'm sure it's something that you'll probably yeah. enjoy, I expect, based on my limited time with it and something I'm ready to get back into. But for the fact that Dave the Diver is keeping me busy, really, is all <laughs> stopping me. <laughs> yeah, see, I'm not going to get Dave the Diver yet <laughs> until I get through Cocoon. Yeah, hold off. But let me tell you, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just a, it's, it's also it's one of those games that's just well built. You know, it's well put together, well thought out. Mm-hmm. You know, and when you, yeah. you know, the difference between playing a game that's kind of like not as well thought out, you know, the controls, the graphics, everything's just super smooth. Smooth, it all just works really well. Just fantastic reviews across the board. I think everyone's just rated it super high. So yeah, looks I, good. If right now, I think it's on sale through the Steam or it's free on Amazon. Maybe I, who knows? But <laughs> on the Steam, that's the new test we've got to do every time. Is it free yet on Amazon? Yeah, I know we got to yeah. check there. <laughs> uh, but so it's normally it's like a $25 game. You get for like 20 bucks, it's like 20% off. Um, I think $20 is totally worth it. Hmm. Okay, nice. Cocoon. Excellent. All right, stick around. We'll be right back. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost 
and the FDA. If you're a diehard Gen X grown-up, you can pledge your support by clicking join on YouTube or by becoming a patron at genxgrownup.com slash Patreon. Have you ever looked through a Sears catalog and wished you could get things inside it free? Well, you can with this free certificate. It's redeemable for $200 worth of free merchandise from Sears with any Granada model contour chair purchase. So pick up your phone and say, Hi, I'd like full details about Granada and a free certificate for $200 worth of Sears merchandise. I'll mail them to you right away, sir. See, wishes do come true. Call for your free certificate right away. Before we get out of this episode, as always, we like to take a few minutes here toward the end to talk about the things we're looking at or looking forward to between now and the next time we get together. And George, I want to start with you because your recent looking forwards have been the saga that is consumed, and that is uh, your wife's recent illness. So uh, what mm-hmm. are you looking forward to? What's going on? Give us an update. Well, uh, so she's currently in rehab. Uh, those Excellent. who are following us on Discord have uh, seen some of the updates that I've been able to put out. She is... Um, progressing well according to the therapist uh she's you know she's getting very strong on her left side which was the side that was already strong she's getting some movement and stuff on her right side so they feel like she'll have a meaningful recovery the uh difficulty is basically politics and money right so it's Mm -hmm. the insurance how long they'll allow her to stay they actually right now have a um a discharge date of January 4th, which is two what? weeks from the time that she went that's in. That's pretty close. Uh, yeah, that's pretty close. Yeah, it's it's not going to happen. I'm not going to allow that to happen. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. The therapist said that she felt like she needs at least two months in the facility in order to be able to, um, to get back to a place when she comes home that she'll be able to kind of move around on her right. own mm-hmm. with some yeah. support like a crutch or a walking thing or something like that. Yeah. Um, although I just had a physical therapist the other day say well we might be sending her home in a wheelchair and i'm like what the fuck okay you people need to fucking get on the same page i can't have one saying one thing and the other one saying the other Uh, i said you know the other place that we wanted to go before they said they wouldn't send her home unless she could walk that way so if you're telling me you're going to send her home that way maybe i should just file an appeal and get her the hell out of here now so it's just the constant stuff that you deal with day in and day out it's ups and downs she's progressing well but then you have all the back door stuff that i can only deal with you know because obviously she can't deal with it yeah yeah there's there's been some moments if if those who go to our discord server genxgrownup.com slash discord can take a look where they they tried to send her back to icu for a little while and now she's back in rehab and it was back and forth type of stuff, but that's what you go through when you have one of these major illnesses. And as I've said uh, in previous discussions on this subject, we're at that age now where we're all dealing with these types of situations coming up either with ourselves or our loved Mm -hmm. ones or close friends. Uh, It's just part of the thing where we say we have to grow old, but we don't grow up. Well, this is part of the growing old. (laughs) This is that part you can't avoid. No kidding. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm just looking forward to her getting stronger in rehab each day. She is talking more each day. She's talking more clearly each day. Uh, I can't wait until she starts walking under her own power. Um, Hopefully that'll be within the next week or so. Um, But, you know, every day is just a it's a new day to restart and things change. So. 
that's what yeah. I've got going on. How about you, John? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. That's generally very positive news. And I'm sure all of our listeners are very happy to hear. I know that we are. So excellent. Uh, a few things that I'm looking forward to. Um, I'm actually taking a week off. I'll put off in quotes. Uh, you know, since I've been working for myself with Gen X Grown Up, I've pretty much been glued to a computer pretty much 18 hours a day working on that. Um, we have the week here. So Christmas is on Monday. As you're listening to this, Christmas was last Monday. So this is Thursday. Uh, and I t- I've taken, I'm taking this week off between Christmas and New Year's just hmm. to maybe take a couple day trips, just to get out of the house, just to clear my mind. I still love the job I'm doing, but it's always healthy to get away from it for a minute so you can come back into it fresh and love it again and not get burned out. So, uh, but off, I use in quotes because I'll still be doing stuff. I'm kind of already planning on doing a live stream maybe one day, you know, just, just to stay in the, just stay in the, uh, the swing of things. So, but I am looking forward to the recharge of this coming week through the holidays. A couple of media items that I want to tell you about. One, uh, there is a mini series hitting Peacock starting January 11th, which is, I think, the date of our very next regular episode called Ted. And it is about the teddy bear that we know. The Seth MacFarlane deal. Exactly. But mm-hmm. this is a prequel series about when he was a young boy and he first got Ted and the, the relationship they had when we started the movies. We get to see that relationship in this miniseries of the little boy getting the teddy bear and all the publicity around him and all that that had blown over by the time we got to uh, the adult man with the teddy bear. So I think that'd be cute. I'm not, I've not even seen a trailer yet. I just saw it's coming. I'm like, I'm going to look at it. (laughs) It's basically a puppet. So I'm going to watch it and see. Uh, The other really cool thing, same day, uh, January 11th, there's a, I don't know if I'd call it a comedy, horror, rock and roll, something called Destroy All Neighbors coming out January 11th. This is somewhat (laughs) produced by and starring Alex Winter of uh, the Bill and Ted fame. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so Alex Winter, uh, who is what, uh, Ted Theodore? I don't know which one he is. He's one of the guys. Uh, But this movie (laughs) on Shudder is about this guy, not Alex Winter, who is like a budding rock artist or something. He's not doing well. And he's, and then he has neighbors move in next door that appear to be like monsters or something. And there's a bunch of body horror stuff and practical effects and rubbery, <laughs> you know, guts and puppets. And at one point I saw something, the bloody with tendrils playing drums in his band. I don't, it looks crazy. It looks absolutely bizarre, <laughs> but I'm looking forward to it. It's called destroy all neighbors on shutter January 11th. It's something I can't wait to see. So I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> How about you, Mo? What do you got coming up? Uh, let's see. Uh, from a media side, uh, movie Ferrari is coming out. So that has um, Adam Driver in it. And it's, I guess it's mm-hmm. about Enzo Ferrari and I guess his racing days, starting his car company. You know, it, it looks, you know, interesting. You know, like I said, I like Adam Driver. I like most of season. So just for that reason, if nothing else, I'll probably go see it. Also looking for just a, like you, John, just a, a relaxing Christmas break, you know, just mm-hmm. to recharge mm-hmm. and, you know, get some stuff done. I need to get done that kind of stuff. But as I said last week, which it still hasn't come up yet because we haven't hit Christmas yet. I'm still looking forward to the doctor who Christmas episode with the new mm. doctor coming in. Uh, you know, Kuti Gatwa is coming in as the new doctor to bring back the Christmas special, which they haven't had for three years. So, you know, Christmas day Eve, I'm probably going to be watching that. So don't call me. <laughs> don't call me. <laughs> Very cool. A lot of good stuff. Hey, before we leave, and we have a couple of things, uh, last little bits of business to cover, I want to thank a brand new supporter over on Patreon. Oh, awesome. User Board Sites. <laughs> Interesting name. I don't know what it stands for, but it's novel. Board Sites joined us as a brand new patron uh, by heading over to patreon.com slash Gen X Grown Up. 
And uh, like so many of these amazing folks that support us, board, we're so happy and grateful that you saw something or heard something in the content we create and felt that even though it's out there for free, you want to do your part to continue to support and make us capable of continuing to do this. So thankful for you and to all of our patrons. If you would like to join board sites with his generosity, again, just head over to genxgrownup.com slash Patreon for as little as a dollar a month. You can also add your name to the growing roster of the Gen X Grown Up faithful. And if you are a patron, you get the opportunity to pose a question that we may answer right right here on the podcast. Do you have one for us this episode, Mo? Yeah, actually I do. It's from Stuart. Okay. Uh, he's been a, a supporter for quite a long time now. His question was, and this is a pretty standard question, I think, but um, it's one we get asked a lot is as a child, what did you want to be when you grew up? And mm-hmm. his, he continues, I won't lie. I wanted to be a naval aviator specifically because of Top Gun to be sure. <laughs> <laughs> I turned out to be six foot five with bad eyesight. So it didn't happen for me, but what did you guys want to be? And how has that impacted your life? He says, hmm. for me, I am an absolute aviation nut. Hmm. Okay. So uh, I can go, go first, John. Yeah. Yeah. Please. Yeah, mine's really easy and quick. I mean, I, when I was growing up, I was certain that I wanted to be a stand up comedian. That's what I thought. I literally <laughs> had a little spiral bound notebook where I wrote jokes because at one point, as even as a young person at 12 or 13, I somehow learned that comedians have to write their jokes. Like it isn't just them being funny. They have to write something. And I'm like, oh, I'll start writing down every funny thing I hear. And so anybody, but I wasn't writing material. I was just writing, you know, like knock, knock jokes and crap that I thought would lead to my comedic career. (laughs) Uh, It it didn't, of course. I mean, I still have a a great affinity for comedians. Uh, I love watching stand-up specials. I just watched an amazing Maria Bamford special uh, where I proposed that she is bordering on the genius of Robin Williams. She's such an amazing, unique performer. But I'm just in awe of comics who get up on stage and they can captivate an audience for 45 minutes an hour. Um, Though something I never had the courage or aptitude to do, but that's what I thought I wanted to be when I was a kid. And uh, it just all it led to was, you know, like uh, Stuart is a fan of aviation. I'm a fan of comedians for that same reason. So that was mine. Cool. Cool. How about you, George? I mean, mine's pretty straightforward. If anybody's listened to any of our podcasts in the past, you probably already know I wanted to be a pro baseball player. Um, Mm -hmm. I generic you know thing for a young child of that era to want to be um as far as how it's affected my life since then um well it didn't turn out that way obviously because i'm mm-hmm. here on this podcast otherwise but as far as uh the only thing that it affected in my life i would say is that because of the circumstances surrounding my not being able to pursue the career, uh, it made it very difficult for a long, long period of time, even to this day, for me to even watch baseball in mm-hmm. any form, yeah. whether it be high school, college, pro, doesn't matter. I just have a hard time sitting there watching for a number of different reasons, as you might understand. Number one, uh, seeing a coach make a bad decision or seeing mm. an umpire make a bad call or seeing a play that should have done one thing or another. Mm-hmm. All those things just uh, make it really tough for me to continue to uh, watch. So, yeah, I just wanted to be a pro baseball player and now I don't watch baseball anymore. So, <laughs> fuck it. And if you missed a recent episode, George isn't blowing his own horn here, but the reason it's so hard for him is he actually could. It wasn't this pipe dream like, right. I want to be an astronaut. He was on like, the, he was you were on there. the road to that 
he had the hat. ability and the aptitude and he had injuries that got him out of it. That's that's what makes it all the more. Uh, we talked about it a few episodes ago. But yes. Yeah. yeah, it's that's nothing special, by the way. That's 90 percent of the guys who didn't make it have that same story of getting injured <laughs> or something like that. So or they that's suck, the which whole was reason why the ones who did make it are special, because they didn't. Have uh, they didn't get the injury. OK, what about yeah. you, Mo? So this show you how big a nerd I was even as a little kid. I wanted to be an astronomer. And well, that's, that's oh, cool. the reason I started yeah. it was that, well, I had to write a book report in like third grade or something like that. You know, you had to pick someone from history. And they said it couldn't be like somebody that everybody knew. Like my teacher was actually pretty cool. He was like, yeah, I find somebody that nobody knows about or never heard of. So I picked Clyde Tombo, who you're like, who's that? That's the guy who discovered Pluto. Okay. And yeah. so I read his book on it. And just to me, it's just, it just boggled my head to think that somebody discovered a planet. Mm. <laughs> Even it's not a planet now. I know blah, 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 blah. it's still a planet to me. Uh, but it's, it's, <laughs> it's always going to be a planet to me. But just the idea that just through time and work that somebody was actually able to discover an entire planet that nobody knew about just blew my mm-hmm. brain. Like I couldn't even wrap my head around that as a concept and how it's affected me today is that I am still a huge astronomy nut. I mean, if there's a special on it, if there's anything dealing with it, I am going to be watching it and to to boredom probably. Uh, so it's, again, like I said, it's just still something I'm just really, really into and really enjoy. Mm-hmm. I got to get on the graphics for it, but I just came up with a new T-shirt for you, Mo, to put on our merch store. Oh yeah, <laughs> what's that? Pluto is still a planet. Stick that in your anus. <laughs> oh my goodness! Quick. I would wear that proudly. Copyright, copyright, copyright. And you say it three times, like Beetlejuice. Does it work? Oh, that's there you great. Go. <laughs> Somebody's already made 20 of those shirts out there somewhere, I'm sure. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, maybe not. You know, you never know. <laughs> so if you're one of our patron members or just want to join, mm-hmm. hey, throw me a note, post your question, and we'll do our best to answer it right here on air. Just like this. Stick that in your anus, patron. That's right. <laughs> Smoke it. Uh, that's going to wrap it up for this edition of the show. Thanks for the question, Stuart. We appreciate you. We will be back, though, in two weeks with another episode. Next week, though, is our backtrack, where we pick a single nostalgic topic and dig in deep. Uh, Look, we play little nostalgic commercials in between every segment of our show. So people really like those. We're going to do a whole show about cool, nostalgic (laughs) Gen X era television commercials and highlight some of our favorites. See if yours are included. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. We hope we'll see you then. Until then, I am John. George, thank you so much for being here. Yes, sir. Mo, you know I appreciate you. Always fun, man. Fourth listener, it's you we all appreciate most of all, though. And we'll talk to you again next time. Bye-bye. See you guys. Take care, everybody. Gen X Grown Up is a member of the Evergreen Podcast family. Learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com. Unacceptable for grown-ups. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a grown-up. Oh shit. It's <laughs> the most universal reaction. Oh shit. Good. That's my reaction to most things Good. in life these days. In a world infatuated with comic fandom comes a show to help us remember the talents that have inspired us. Whoa, 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 cut. Oh, come on. It wasn't come that on. bad. It's a bit dramatic. Let's just tell them about the show, guys. We are the Canned Air Podcast. Join us weekly for a comedic trip through pop culture. We also welcome some cool comic creators, as well as some of the voice and screen actors that help shape your childhood. Find us on cannedairpodcast.com and on the Evergreen Podcast Network.